It goes without saying that this gospel was really a challenge. Pet Sunday I could handle, but this one, holy cow, this is a tough one. This is even in the Message Bible, it is still a tough one. So let's pray. Dear God, we give thanks that we can gather here together with brothers and sisters in Christ this morning on this hot weekend, this hot week. You are the cool, refreshing balm, the presence in the midst of our drought, and your love is living waters to us. We pray, Lord, that we can hear in this complicated and difficult text these words that you spoke to your disciples, um, what truly was underneath them, uh, that we can unpack them with some confidence that uh, we are getting to the core of what you're saying. May your Holy Spirit anoint us all to improve our understanding and our application to all that we hear today. And may we serve you always in all that we do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You are what you eat, the saying goes. And a friend of mine illustrated this so well for me uh, one time in her life. I noticed that her Caucasian skin had begun to take on a bit of a yellowish hue. I thought, well, maybe it's some new makeup that she's wearing, or perhaps uh, since I hadn't seen much of her lately, um, she had a unique tanning cream. Well, I took pictures of us as a group, and I noticed in the lineup of the girlfriends, she certainly took a certain shine, a different tone to her. It was a bit of a mystery that she developed also in an orangish hue. Finally, I said, well, I must comment on this mystery. So I said to her, was it something she ate that had made this change in her appearance? Well, the long story short is she was taking some intensive doses of beta-carotene vitamins uh, for a health kick. You know, they're kind of carrots, carrot vitamins, beta-carotene, and, and she'd read that they had great health benefits. But clearly, she uh, was not uh, taking a dose that was healthy for her appearance. She stopped taking them, and we noticed she came back to the usual glow she had before. You are what you eat, in a sense. And it's common to try lots of health foods nowadays, from gluten-free products to my yoga receptionist bringing an unappetizing dark green kale blender drink for breakfast at 8 a.m. on Saturday mornings. Now, many cultures have rich, nutritious breads as well. Certainly, breads are very, very uh, key, full of grains for the Jewish and the Middle Eastern cultures where Jesus lived. And today's gospel from John 6, where most every gospel has been coming from for four weeks, Jesus is recommending a health food known as the bread of life. Clearly, he's making a dietary suggestion that will affect our spiritual life and now and for eternity. But it makes us queasy, right? His words sound just a little bit like cannibalism. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, even to the audience before him on that day, especially to that audience. There had been mystery cults that also were accused of cannibalism, and so Jesus was having a tough slog with this particular metaphor. But he continues, as the gospel says, 
not giving an inch. He continues to the crowd, the bread I present to the world so that it can eat and live is myself. My flesh and my blood is real food. By eating it, you enter into me and I enter into you. Whoever makes a meal of me lives because of me. This is the bread of heaven. How to understand these words? You should know that John's gospel does not include any Last Supper story. No Holy Communion story. A narrative which always takes place at Jesus' last nights before Good Friday. His death on the cross is impending and sacrifice for our forgiveness of sins. John doesn't have that story. John is the latest, the last gospel written, the most recent gospel written. And you can only um, imagine why the other three gospel writers include it. And yet, John, something is changing in his culture, his day. It is a later time now. And politics perhaps have intervened, other issues emerging in the church that were changing in John's day. So instead, this gospel is written, uh, this chapter, when Jesus is alive and well. He's not about to go to the cross and die. He's standing on a hillside teaching his disciples in great health, the height of his ministry. When John records this lesson, Jesus passionately calls his disciples then to boldly consume him with a hearty appetite as the force of life now and forever. Take him in. Ingest his essence, his worldview, and make it part of our very bodies and minds too. Another way Jesus might say this urgent command is, abide with me. Day and night, abide with me through every waking hour, through resting and sleeping and eating and talking and working. Abide with me, not just in obvious times of crisis. Drink and eat me in so that I am necessary for your sustenance and for your survival. Make me essential in your life, John might be saying through Jesus here. The truth is, As I traveled abroad and spoke with folks this summer, in Scandinavia in particular, there is a definite malnourishment of faith in God. Many, many, many people I spoke with didn't believe in God at all and certainly were not going to church. But people everywhere don't often know the scripture anymore. They don't know what lessons Jesus taught or where they could find them nor the banquet feast of ways that God has offered to be present for us, to relate to us with all our limitations, to guide us and inspire us to change the world's ills and our own internal demons. We Americans complain of being overweight, but we also consume so many empty calories in our culture's junk food. Today, Jesus calls us in a very timely manner, very contemporary manner, to not eat junk, to not absorb it and dwell with it and use all our time on junk in our society, but to consume his flesh, his offering for us, 
his incarnational offering, walking side by side with humanity and knowing all our struggles. Consume it, read about it, understand it, search it out. Abide closely in his care and improve our appetites for lessons in Scripture. His prayer-fused close relationship to God and outreach and relationship was all with dispossessed outcasts. They followed his lead. They consumed him. They needed his energy, his vitality, his hope for body wellness, and so do we. Sometimes when you're not the outcast, you need it more because you think you can do it on your own. You don't need anything else to sustain and buttress your energy and support and focus in this world. But Jesus did call us to serve and love others and blend it into our daily living all the time. And that's also true soul food, giving back. Our world and our society is craving some nourishment like that that brings strength to face the day-to-day work and peace, work that we do have and the, the challenges of peace in our time, hope in our violent world. Do we know Jesus' recipe? Do we read the Bible for daily bread? Do you know how it is today we have a baptism? The Yems are having their granddaughter baptized at the 9 o'clock service. And um, uh, although I haven't had any babies of myself, I've noticed that there is oftentimes a little practice when you come up to a baby and he or she is so cute and a little tummy might be sticking out, you just say, oh, you're just so delicious. Oh, I could just eat you all up. Well, I don't imagine you're thinking literally of doing so, but you might even nibble a toe when you say it or a little bite to the tummy. Well, that's kind of what Jesus was hoping you'd feel about him. Your message, your presence, your love is so earth-shaking that I could just eat you all up. How can I get all of you inside of me? How can I make you part of me every day, all the time? How can you be the energy that drives me, the focus of all my gifts? Jesus wants us to choose a diet of devotion to his calling and his kingdom and knowing his words every day for ourselves, but so we can also share them with someone else in their time of need. As a priority, God wants us to abide in him for the sake of our creation and for the sake of new creations every day. Drink this hope he gives in with assurance. Get drunk on hope. Len Sweet is a pastor, a wonderful author, um, And he says this in the Jesus prescription for a healthy life. Indeed, the Jesus movement was a culinary revolution that invited people to taste and see the goodness of God. 
to eat all kinds of food, clean and unclean, was the daily expression of the theological revolution Jesus effected, whereby everybody became brothers and sisters in the new household of faith. Even those who were previously declared unclean, disabled, Samaritans, women, God forbid, half-breeds, and sinners, they were welcomed at the table. Can we then, followers of Jesus Christ, be so contagious with our faith and spirited in our recipe every day for hope in the future? Can we abide in God's word, be connected to his will in prayer, and pay attention to his love and investment in us, even in the smallest of things? For that's what it means to abide with Jesus to sing spiritual songs and then tell others and invite them into relationship with our Savior for their total health. Another author, Max Lucado, had a wonderful little way of saying it in this writing. He calls this writing, Heaven's Hors d'oeuvres. Heaven's Hors d'oeuvres. It's a little book called Mocha with Max. Within an hour, he says, I'll be in Denelin's, my wife, Denelin's kitchen, sniffing the dinner trimmings like a Labrador, sniffing for wild game. When she's not looking, I'll snatch a foretaste, just a bite of turkey, a spoon of chili, a corner of bread, free dinner, snacks, stirring the appetizers for the table. Samplings of Heaven's Kitchen do likewise. There are moments, perhaps far too few, when time evaporates and joy modulates and heaven hands you an order. Your newborn has passed from restlessness to rest. Beneath the amber light of a midnight moon, you trace a soft finger across tiny sleeping eyes and wonder, God gave you to me a sip from the cup of heaven's winery. Or you're lost in the work you love to do, you were made to do. As you step back from the moist canvas or the hoed garden or the rebuilt V8 engine, Satisfaction flows within you like a gulp of cool water, and the angel asks another aperitif. For the lyrics to the hymn say what you couldn't but wanted to, and for a moment, a splendid moment, there are no wars, no wounds, no tax returns, just you. God, and a silent assurance that everything is right with the world. Jesus is the bread of life, the aperitif of heaven for all of us to take and eat and abide with him now every day and forever. Amen.